Welcome to another episode of the Christian Combatives Podcast. I am your host, and I'm not going to give you my name. I am joined by Alabast and Dog Raider, both members, and well, they're both, are you moderators? No, Alabast, I think. I'm a moderator. Dog Raider is a moderator on Christcord. Alabast is a person. Former moderator. <laughs> Look at me, my former highest moderator, title. Former moderator. Former moderator on, on Christcord um, and has broken too many rules to be a, a present moderator, I, I believe is the... Uh... Anyways, so we are being hosted today on Christcord. That is discord.gg forward slash Christian, discord.gg forward slash Christian. And today, among other things, we're going to be dealing with some garbage philosophy memes and statements and stuff like that that I've seen posted on the internet. Now... As I was talking about before we began the uh, began this episode, I, I actually ran into Dr. Jordan Cooper. I didn't, you know, with a car, but um, I, I encountered him in person, and I, and I mentioned that, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if you were um, willing to join me here uh, reviewing some atheist memes? Now, these memes aren't particularly funny, I don't think, or not particularly uh, clever, but they are presented as though the person has has figured out the argument that's going to end Christianity. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to actually share a few of these things. And if anybody else in the in the chat, again, this is being hosted on uh, the, the Discord server Christcord. Um, anybody else who is in the chat would like to dump some garbage atheist memes in here, by all means. Um, Actually, yeah. Before before I begin, this is kind of this has kind of been a series. I had uh, I had a couple of previous episodes where I had something like "base pastor and friend destroys cringe atheist memes" or something like that, and the the whole title of the episode was a joke. It was meant to be obnoxious, and I think that was the latest episode I produced. Um, and, and somebody suggested, Hey, you know what? You should get in contact with higher things. It's a, it's a Lutheran group that deals with, um, kind of bringing, bringing, uh, confessional Lutheranism to younger audience, teenage, 20 something year old audience. Uh, you should contact them and see if you, you can work with them. So I reached out to them and without remembering that this was the latest video on my channel, I was like, Hey, I've got this YouTube channel. Uh, would you guys like to work with me? Uh, can I work with you? Anything like that. And they looked at my channel, and I guarantee they didn't watch the video. They just saw the the thumbnail clip, which was exceptionally obnoxious. And yeah, the, the title was, it might have been um, Based Priest Dunks on Atheists and Baptists or something like that. It was, it was something really, really obnoxious and tongue-in-cheek. And they, and they saw it, and they're like, yeah, that's not really our vibe. We, we're not really about beating people up, and we just want to bring people to Christ. So... I, I really shot myself in the foot there. I don't think I'm ever going to be associated with higher things, unfortunately, as much as I like the organization. But in the spirit of that, I have continued to collect garbage atheist memes and, and, and philosophical statements and all this other stuff on Facebook. Like I said, I'm joined today by by Alabast and Dog Raider, um, and and I would like to present these these deep. They haven't seen them yet before. These deep and meaningful arguments that are made against the Christian community. Maybe they're not necessarily made by atheists, but everybody who does not believe in the one true God is an atheist, um, and they're all garbage because there's only one, uh, one one true faith, and everybody who disagrees with that believes in garbage. It's as simple as that. So, would either of you like to introduce yourselves, or would you like to just get into the game? I I don't have any introductory comments, I suppose, but I, I will say that I'm terrified this episode is going to destroy my faith. Truly, I am simply one meme of uh, God being portrayed as the soy jack and Richard Dawkins as the Chad from losing my faith entirely. The, the flying soy-based spaghetti monster. You stand on the precipice, the precipice of unbelief. 
these memes will tip you over the side. How about you, Dog Raider? How do you feel about this? Are you you amped and pumped and ready to roll? I am so ready to roll. I love memes. I'm a big memer myself. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what the best of the atheist community has to offer. I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> well, again, I, I don't want to say your, your expectation is too high because in terms of memes, while all these were posted as though they were memes, they're they're mostly just text on a on a picture. Um, <laughs> so let me see if I can find one that's, that's actually got an image. And the reason this one works in a podcast is because they're mostly all just pure text. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here is um, this one's got an image. Everybody likes pictures. I'm going to put it in um, in the channel, and once it processes, I'm going to read it aloud. Um, All right, this person tweets, Missing my family as they celebrate Good Friday today. Here's a reminder that Jesus himself was a radical activist and a drag queen, and also not white. Happy Easter to those celebrating. And it's got a picture of of, um, Mormon Jesus uh, with a mullet sitting down and talking to some some kids. Uh, And and he does look very white, so I guess if this is what the meme is, you know, they, they think this is the truth. Um, so the text on it says, oh, look, it's a man in a dress telling stories to children. So what do you got? <laughs> how do you, how do you recover from, from such a shake to your faith? Um, I mean, Mormon Jesus itself is already a blow to my faith. So. <laughs> it's so over. I had no idea that Jesus wore a dress and wasn't white guys. Well, I had no idea that he wasn't white. <laughs> this is... I've never understood that. Would they really think that Christians are so, or at least American Christians, are so pro-white? It's got to be white, got to be white. We'll be devastated by learning that Jesus wasn't white. It's such a gotcha in like, every <laughs> single thing. I well, never it's understand It's the absolute it. foundation of my faith. How am I supposed to possibly believe in, in it's, it's representation. How can I believe in somebody who doesn't look just like me? So Jesus was was fairly short-haired and wore sunglasses all the time. Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, Delta Helix points points something out about Mormon Jesus in in the image is is in the image. Yeah, he's wearing he's wearing some kind of a robe, um, but he is he he is pretty pale. I would say he's kind of got that you know auburn ginger hair about him. So I guess if if the image is a foundation of like this is what Jesus really looked like, he really wore a dress. Um, <laughs> then I guess the, uh, the skin color argument goes out the window. We, we, we do know that the, the Mormon artists, um, they have that insight. They know what Jesus really looked like. <laughs> it was revealed to them, the, the golden <laughs> tablets. Exactly. Oh, have you seen, oh, what's that dude in Phoenix? Um, the, the pastor Jim or something who's always jumping around and screaming about, uh, killing people. Yeah. Steven There's Anderson. lots of people in Phoenix. It's a whole city. <laughs> There's a bunch of crackheads there. Steven Anderson, that guy. He had he had a video. Uh, I think it was him. He had a is video. He, in Phoenix? he is in Phoenix. I've been tempted to. I hadn't. Yeah, I was tempted to I actually swing about by. Anderson years. Yeah, he's got. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, he's he's still there. He's still going. I don't know if you want to say strong, but. Yeah, sure he he, he's got a video where he where he's talking about um, this concept of 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 Jesus in he's like oh Jesus in a dress that would never happen actually what the people Jesus wore, wore back pants. then Jesus wore pants and then he would go back to like pants is short for pantaloons and and it's another word for for breeches like the word breeches means breeches and here they are in the, in the Old Testament describing the priestly garb and it's and his breech and this guy he's so worried about the fact. That Jesus could be wearing a, a, a robe, like so. I guess, I mean, 
Inasmuch as some people may lose their faith if Jesus isn't white, I guess for Steve Anderson. <laughs> if, if Jesus not even wore... Jesus. I wonder what they think about the patriarchs. Do you know where oh. pants were invented and when? Pants are so much newer than we think. And they were invented by the Persians for horse riding. Or if, if not the Persians, you know, the, 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 the Iranian tribes. But, like, Abraham did not wear pants. <laughs> Neither did any of the patriarchs or anyone <laughs> in the kingdom of Israel. Pants hadn't made it over from Iran yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's where the uh, that's where the word Iran came from. Uh, the Iranians were the first to be able to run because they had pants. Previously, when everyone was in a dress, uh, they weren't able to. I mean, I, I I get like in the Middle East now, the fashion isn't necessarily the same as it was. Like if you go in the Middle East and you see someone in a dish in a dish dash, or like a robe or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what they wore like back in the day. But I don't know, like togas. I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Uh, yeah, Delta Helix guess, like, submitted a non non Jesus uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints approved image of <laughs> Jesus. The thing with these people is they don't understand that we know that gender norms have changed over time, and that men wore different things, uh, you know, two thousand years ago. So I, I just I it's all bad. I hate it. I don't like it. Well, and then Jesus here, yeah, Mormon Jesus has a mullet, and he's rocking a mullet, and it's not a bad mullet. Like I've seen, I've seen, you know, I don't know what I want to, I would call a bad mullet because some mullets are so bad they're righteous. Like let's be real, but I mean, I'll give you that one. You could yeah. get away. This he's got a haircut that you could probably get away with in metropolitan society, but I, I don't know, like. Even hairstyles have gone in and out of style, but I was like, you know, Jesus has got a Teutonic beard, and he's the, uh, uh, he looks like that dude from Star Wars. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. Uh, he looks like multiple dudes from Star Wars. I always thought Qui-Gon Jinn was, uh, that was, uh, that was a good Jesus look going on, but. Mormon Jesus actually brings us the gospel of 1950s advertising. <laughs> Just any drawn picture of a 1950s family, that, that is what Mormon Jesus is meant to bring us. That's what you could have. <laughs> uh oh, folks, do you wanna do you want in on this? Did you just request to speak there? Uh, he's no, no. <laughs> he doesn't want to be pulled onto the stage. He, he yeah. Um, all right, all right. So, and again, this is an invitation to anybody who's uh, who's listening to this. Uh, feel free to 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 dump dump a uh, an atheist meme or whatever in uh, in the in the comment section in the discussion debate channel. Um, all right, here we go. Here is the next one. All right, Alabas, you want to read this one? Christians say not to practice witchcraft or astrology, but celebrate the resurrection of a dead guy on the Sunday after the first full moon of the equinox, and then they drink wine and bread as his body and blood and encant over their animal sacrifices before they feast. Amen. Not, so yeah, true. So Faith destroyed. <laughs> <Don> <laughs> is just the uh, the token the token Baptist in the room is like, oh yeah, duh. I mean, that's they obviously don't understand that it's all a symbol. So <laughs> this is so true. It is all a symbol. But yeah, so uh, oh man, I, I think you're 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 overruled by you've got you got two Lutherans and a, and a Baptist. So the Baptist is like, yeah, I mean, that would be weird. Imagine if uh, <laughs> imagine if we according believe to ancient that. custom in the uh, councils. Doctrine is actually decided by majority vote. So, <laughs> this is, sorry to say. This is Art. true. Who is it's it? So um, uh, is it like Plato or Aristotle or whatever who was talking about like how it's how it's man's obligation to fulfill his like physical ca uh, capacity, like to be as strong as possible? Plato. 
Play, is that Plato? Yeah. So it my sounds like a Plato-y thing to yeah, say. It's a very uh, yeah. It's Platonic. It's so I fall back on that. If that's how the ancient Greeks decided, you know, post physique, then I believe that that in the councils following the Greek culture, that for at least a while you had, you know, Athanasius would just flex, <laughs> and he'd be like, <laughs> and that's that. Arius, sit down, sit down. You can't even lift. You can't even. You skip leg day. <laughs> Opinion denied. I am very sorry. Not actually a Christian document. We, you we don't should think, not be drawing that. You don't think we should draw? We should draw. Um, <laughs> we should draw truth from these <laughs> from these philosophers. I don't know. We've got a couple of Roman Catholics listening to you, and uh, and and they're going to jump up <laughs> and start pulling out some Thomas Aquinas if you're not careful. I got to be mean, real careful look, about who I say is in limbo or if limbo <laughs> exists. Look, Jesus must have been really swole. He had to carry a two more than two hundred pound cross to. Calvary. So I think, I think uh, lifting yeah, some uh, based in red pills. Now, okay. So here, I've actually got something on that, and this is something that I bring out every once in a while and just kind of drop like a truth bomb. I have absolutely no way of proving this, and nobody is bound to believe it. But there is a—I want to say that this—that there's a going theory, and I like to hold to it because I think it's based. Uh, there is a going theory that when it talks about Joseph and Jesus being carpenters in the Bible, that the term is actually not necessarily for woodworkers. It means it, it means somebody who who builds things, particularly who builds buildings. Now, I know in the Passion of Christ, he's building tables and chairs and stuff, but, uh, and, and there is some, there is some degree of, of connection between kind of Jesus working with wood and Jesus being crucified on wood. And a lot of people have, have played on that. But at the same time, um, the argument is basically that the, the Romans were building, were building kind of barracks and, and buildings around in the area. There weren't a lot of trees to work with in the area. So generally what they would work with is, is stone. And that would obviously be best for military fortifications anyway. So the argument is that Jesus and Joseph were stonemasons, not necessarily, they were construction workers, uh, not necessarily carpenters. Uh, because again, the term can mean like work or somebody, who, uh, a craftsman. And based based on that, um, they've been you know lobbing around rocks all day that they were that they were incredibly strong because there's a lot that you have to do. I mean, you don't have forklifts and forklift certification in OSHA, so you've got uh, you've got to hulk these these massive stone blocks around somehow. So Jesus was was chiseled, <laughs> pun intended. Um, uh, I like and, to think that Jesus was walking around preaching for three years, the whole of his ministry, carrying around dumbbells and weights doing reps the whole time on the sermon on the mount is said in between reps yeah yeah i mean he uh, you know lift, we lift his name on high and he lifts i mean he's got he's got to lift weights and he, and he lifts the uh the sin the sins of the world but so okay so and and i'm gonna i'm gonna double down on this so uh one of the people in chat says i believe this theory i can see it i'm gonna double down on this i'm gonna i'm gonna make this as as convincing as possible without any giving any biblical evidence that this is actually like guaranteed thing so in addition like to this theology was meant to be done it's a, exactly i i cut there's a, a, a the great theory the and we try to find every verse that fits with it so i'm going to ignore everything that has to do with uh the wooden aspect of the cross uh and, and crucified on a tree so i'm going to ignore all of the language regarding trees and wood uh, and instead focus on how many how many terms how many times did jesus use terms regarding masonry and construction with with stone can you think of any examples on this rock, I build my church, he says as he's 
holding Jesus. a massive rock above his head and passes it to Peter. <laughs> you gotta read Here you between go, the Peter, lines. Take this rock, and Peter's like, "Hey, man, brother!" And he takes the rock and yeah, he oh, carried yeah, it all the way to Rome and built them. He carries the stone to Rome. Yeah, there was a cornerstone. Yeah, there was a stone in Rome somewhere that the Petros carried a Petra to Rome. Oh, that's like the uh, argument where I forget who makes it. Um, it might have been Zwingli. It, I, no, I don't think it was Wingley. It was somebody else who argued that Jesus said when when he said, "This is my body," he was like pointing to himself, <laughs> like like oh yeah, he's holding the bread, but he's pointing to himself and he says, "This is my body." Oh, Nate's got a good one. Millstones around the neck. Uh, so yeah, Jesus does talk about um, you know it would be better for them to be cast in the sea with a millstone around the neck. And I love the Greek word for that term. That millstone is not a handwriting mill- millstone. It's a donkey millstone. It's one that had to be pulled by a beast of burden because it was so massive and so heavy uh, that you couldn't move it uh, with your with your bare hands. Um, another example I would think of is Jesus talks about uh, being the capstone or the cornerstone. Um, yeah. yeah, Joy brings up just uh, destroy this temple, and on the third day, I will I will build it up. So there is actually, I mean, if you want to be convinced by this, join the camp that <laughs> Jesus was a, a weightlifting stonemason, um, because there's a lot of stonework language being used. There's terms like um, like the pl- I think he refers to something like a plumb line or something like that, or so, some architectural term. Um, that usually isn't translated really technically from the Greek, but basically means like if you're making measurements of um, kind of the straight lines in, in in a structure, that this is something that you would use. I, I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head what it was. Um, a, a scandal, a scandal on. Uh, he, he says a, a stumbling block. He talks about stumbling blocks. Um, that comes from the Greek word the scandal on. And this is if you've got a cobbled street and and it's not done well. Um, sometimes the stones, one stone will stick up higher than the rest of the cobblestone and people will trip over it. Literally a stumbling block, a, a, a piece of stone that sticks out more and people, you know, trip and fall over it. That's what scandal comes from, scandal on. Um, yeah, so hope I've all, I've convinced you guys that uh, Jesus was a weightlifting stonemason. Uh, I, I would pull up, there's some, if you look up, uh, look up buff Korean Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> on Google, and uh, you'll see exact. Uh, if you've seen the statue, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. It's it's great. Um, uh, when I was in Iraq, we used to have these. Uh, we had these custom shirts on the back of it. It was it was Buff Jesus breaking breaking off the breaking the cross in half by flexing, and it says like "Let us pray." Uh, so so we were rocking that. Oh, back to the memes. Sorry, got off track a bit. All right. Christians say not to practice witchcraft or astrology. And so this is, for me, something that stands out about this is this is exactly the accusation that got Jesus killed, uh, or, or one of the accusations. The main accusation, of course, is blasphemy, claiming to be God, which Jesus did, uh, explicitly claiming to be God multiple times. Um, but also that the claim was that he practiced sorcery and divination. And and if if miracles are God doing the supernatural, then sorcery is relying on uh, the demonic to do the supernatural. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, if you understand the dichotomy, this, this this meme is kind of stupid. I mean, it's stupid anyway, but it's, it's particularly stupid because the idea is that uh, God can do things that other people can't do. Uh, and the only other way that anybody's been able to approximate these things, think about like the Egyptian sorcerers, uh, pharaoh sorcerers, uh, is is through sorcery through through something demonic. So in the case of of, of Jesus, somebody raise, rising from the dead. I mean, I don't know about first first full moon and equinox and anything like that. Like that's not mentioned anywhere. Um, 
But yeah, like there's a lot of miraculous stuff I think that is. You were going on about the the, the dating of Easter and how we yeah. do it on the liturgical calendar. I can't I can't remember exactly how it's done. So by all means, they might be right about the dating. I I, I can't remember, but I think that's what they're going for. Well, don't you know that oh. Easter is really from the pagan uh, word austera, which is the German Germanic goddess Ishtar. Yeah, it's a Germanic version <laughs> of Ishtar and. Uh, and, uh, Pasca. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to say Pasca. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to remind the world that the that the that the entire world called the celebration Pasca or the Paschal feast. Um, you're not allowed to remember that. You have to only remember Easter sounds like Ishtar. <laughs> yeah, I just really it's Sola brings up a good point in in, in chat. Strong. Actually, sorry, Doggo. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just not Sola astrology. Okay, yeah. you go first. The Passover is supposed to be the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring, he says, which is astronomy, not astrology. It's not about pulling magic and divination from the stars. It's about we have this holiday, this is how we date it. It's just watching the stars to date something for the time. Yeah. It's astronomy, not not magic astrology. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how they expected people 2,000 years ago to like reliably measure, hey, this is when this is. Because we didn't have a modern calendar system like we do now, where we can just do that. Yeah, they, well, had they changed it a bit stars. too. Yeah. <laughs> the moon, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So yeah, go back to go back to the creation in 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 Genesis after after the light is created, uh, then G, then Jesus creates uh, the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the periods of time. The period of time is already you know going by, but the sun, moon, and stars are given to mark mark the periods of time. So the easiest, obviously, being when the sun is up, it's daytime. When the sun is down, it's nighttime. Now, that gets confusing depending on how far you are from the equator and, you know, what season it is since days get, you know, longer and shorter depending on, you know, the Earth's journey around the sun. But, yeah, there is there is a degree of, I mean, we've gotten better at precision in terms of, of, of tracking the dates. Like, we know, you know, it's 365 days around, and, and they mess with the calendar a few times. There's the Julian calendar and all this the Gregorian calendar, all these other things. But I mean, if, if you want to say, okay, well, this is how they knew it was Easter because it was like the first, I don't know, the first hot day after August or after, after winter or something like, like, okay. I mean that, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you can, you can rely on all sorts of kind of natural rhythms, uh, whether it's the stars, I think the stars are probably the most consistent. Because sometimes you have a late. Yeah, they're predictable. Late they aren't moving except for like around the year. The stars appear to move throughout the year, but they're pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah, you know the stars and, and, are actually uh, missiles yeah. from Allah that He has placed there and holds to throw at to throw at the devil. This is what I've heard from the. Alabaster, they are moving. It's just hard to see, Bojo. Oh, thank you. In, thank in, you. In relation I'm sorry. To what though? I actually failed biology. So. <laughs> Further questions? Yeah, but uh, okay, I'm not going to touch that one. Here is here's the next meme. I'm going to dump this in here. Um, isn't know what the animal sack? What is? Okay, let me scroll up real quick. What I animal? think they just straight up called Christ an animal. Actually, is what they were I going think for. They're talking they talking about other animals. This before they feast. I think they're just talking about food, like oh, a meal. Well, like we like we pray before the potluck. Yeah, that's yeah, what, like, zinger right there. I, Take that, you North <laughs> North Dakotans, you and your Ludafisk. Somebody from North Dakota is going to kill me for misappropriating their accent. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. This they, dude. They deserve to have both the accent and the loot fisk made fun of. So, here, here is the next one. This guy um, uh, looks like a, a, an authority in the church. Doggerator, why don't you read this one out? Of course. God is not upset that Gandhi wasn't a Christian because God is not a Christian. 
all of God's children and their different faiths help us to realize the immensity of God. I wonder what Jesus said. Hmm. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Uh, what? Uh, uh-oh, I think, I think, uh, I think Proud Parasite is going to, is upset by this. This guy might actually be a Roman Catholic in quoting <laughs> this is definitely an Anglican. <laughs> no, this yeah, that, that's not fair. This is uh yeah. I if I had to guess I would say that this guy is an Anglican. Now you could you could argue, um, if you put you know, if you squint, you could argue that the Roman Catholic Church through No Tate and uh Lumen Gentium teaches similar <laughs> things. Uh but this is blatant like no not All so much. All the Catholics no. are typing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all they're all flooding into the chat. We've got 14 Catholics in the chat now. They're all gonna they're all gonna they're gonna burn me at the stake. Yeah, okay. So As yeah, Nate points, Nate points out actually a, a, oh. a good point. He says the cross he's wearing isn't a crucifix, so he's not papist. Now this is that that usually would be a telltale sign. I'm I mean I'm judging by the guy's the color of his whatever he's wearing the cassock or whatever that is it's it's purple uh, and he's but again that doesn't i i have never seen that as a roman catholic vestment uh all right dog raider headed out um uh, anybody's free to take his place if they want to but uh, we will continue going without him why is he wearing pink he, he's he's wearing he's mauve i don't know purple ish yeah okay so what do you think about the statement yeah god i mean obviously you know jesus says i am the way the truth and the life nobody comes to the father except through me there's kind of an exclusive aspect of christianity in in christianity um all of god's children and their different faiths help us to realize the immensity of god i mean in the it looks sense very much like that other meme of uh, I'm trying to remember what format I saw it, and I think whenever I see it, it's in the form of a Tumblr post saying something that a rabbi told them. So you know, the best source. <laughs> um, yeah. But basically, uh, why did God? It ends basically with why did God create atheists? And it's to show people that you can be good without uh, needing to believe in God or without the threat of hell. <laughs> Uh, being held over you. So he created atheists just to be good, just so he could throw them into hell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. It's real wild. Be careful. That but sounds yeah, like you're stepping on Calvinism impact. right now. It sounds like you're stepping on double predestination. God created atheists so he could populate hell. No. <laughs> all, right, all right. Here we go. The cat, the, yeah, the Calvinists are typing. No. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that that I, I, that reminds me of uh, I think Christopher Hitchens actually said this, uh, and he thought he was so clever, and he says, "Well, you know, I post a I don't remember, he's, I think he's British, and he says I post a um, I post a challenge that that I try to I try to ask Christians to tell me, you know, what what good act um, can Christians do that atheists cannot do, and this is kind of to prove that people can be perfectly moral without having a God, and the answer to this is is, is blatantly obvious. Uh, well, what do you think? Before I answer, it, what what well, good act can an atheist do, or, the, or the, can, can a Christian do that an atheist cannot do? Sorry. Well, the answer is any good act, because no act is pleasing without faith in God. But even in general, what 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 the world would consider good, like uh, say giving to charity, um, what is it without selfish intention? Like, is it to actually glorify God or to help people? Or are you making yourself feel better by helping people? Uh, and furthermore, Paul tells us that the natural law 
is written on people's hearts. People know of the law, even if they've never heard the law. So there's some level of uh, conscience that guides them into doing what we would consider good things. But nothing is truly good unless you have faith in God. If it's not done for the glory of God, how could it be good? Yeah, the um, I mean, intent fully modifies any behavior. So if you do something, if, so for example, if you're trying to scam somebody and you're nice to somebody uh, for the sake of, uh, for the sake of then taking advantage of them, um, even if what you did was, you want to say objectively nice, it isn't in in and of itself a good thing because your, your motivation is, is to harm. Now without faith, any, you know, your motivation is never, is never good. It's never good. And, and, and even if people say, you know, I'm going to do this because it benefits society, well, that's, that's selfish. Um, there is no such thing as true altruism without, without faith, faith in God. Even in other religions, when you say, well, God has told me to do, you know, the five, five pillars of Islam and give to the poor and all this other stuff, doesn't, doesn't do you any good because you're doing that for your own benefit. In Christianity alone, are you doing good things for the benefit of others exclusively because, because of God's love for you and your subsequent love for him and for for others. Now, a couple of people, um, a couple of people have pointed out uh, another answer, and this is this is closer to the answer. The, the answer you gave is absolutely correct. Um, another answer uh, that that is pointed out. So, so both uh, two of our Roman Catholics pointed out, pray, praying to God, uh, and and it's similar to the answer that I would give is is loving God. An atheist cannot love God. As as an atheist, it's it is it is not possible to both be a rejecter of God and a lover of God. Uh, they're, they're mutually exclusive. Uh, so if loving God is a good act and it is a good act, then somebody who hates God can't can't do it. Uh oh, uh, should I invite him up to uh, should I invite him up to the to the sage as well? Let's see. Let's go. We can. But listen, there's still two Lutherans, so we will <laughs> outvote the Catholic that's added to chat. Yeah, well, I'll just I'll, so I'll invite him to stage, and and if you get it, so we're inviting uh, we're inviting uh, Sola Ecclesia Proud Parasite. I don't know how you want me to address you as Proud Parasite or um, or Sola Sola, but your mic is muted. Uh oh, does he not have a mic? He's just going to type. Oh, browser, browser issues. issues. Who uses Discord? The the browser. Right. Do not question the ways of Sola. His his ways are not our ways, which is good because his ways don't make any sense. <laughs> oh, I'm looking over the side tab of Discord. Every single server that I muted, I only muted specific ones. Every single server that I muted has sent me a notification or or, or more in the past in the past 20 minutes. Um, la- last time I recorded something, popular. people kept going bloop. <laughs> Bad computer. All right. Well, while Sola catches up, I'm going to go to let me let me pick a spicy one. Oh, oh! I don't, I don't think there's going to be too much disagreement between the three of us on this one. Here is the next, next one. I'll read this one out. Easter is about, so this is the next meme. Easter is about listening to women preach resurrection. Easter is about switching the sword for the cross. Easter is about rejecting the ways of the empire and and rising up for the oppressed. Easter is about paradise for the humble and power for the lowly. Easter is hope for all. All right, you want to take this or should I? Um, I want to let you start on it. I'm going to bounce off you. Easter is about listening to women preach the resurrection. Now, this is obviously referring to uh, Mary and the the women kind of telling the telling the, the disciples about about the good news. There's you know the, the the resurrection 
that the resurrection took place. And then, of course, they, they ran to the tomb, and, mm-hmm. and John obviously got there first, which is the most important detail of the whole story. Um, listening to women preach the resurrection. Now, this is the, this is the, the, the difference between descriptive and prescriptive. When somebody tells somebody else about something, when, when a woman comes and tells me about something in the Bible, uh, this isn't the same as her being a pastor and preaching a sermon on Sunday morning. Like Mary and and Martha or Mary and Mary and Mary didn't, you know, say, all right, everybody gather around. We got a sermon. And then, you know, all the disciples sat down for the sermon. And then, you know, obviously they, they went through the liturgy first and then they got, you know, the confession and absolution. And, and then Mary got up in the pulpit and Mary opened up, uh, you know, the, the Bible and Mary gave her homily. This is this is absolutely not not what what happened. Um, the Bible Everyone knows that it's always been church tradition that if a woman were to hear something from God or be visited by an angel, she's not allowed to tell anyone because <laughs> that would be unauthorized preaching. She has, just has to keep it to herself. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, go all the way back to uh, I, this is oh, what, what, what a great what a great way to, to, to blame the Roman Catholics and their obsession with Mary. I mean, don't you remember Mary, the Virgin Mary? She uh, she was she was a preacher because Gabriel, you know, came and brought her this message and uh, and she shared it with others. And and her words are recorded in Scripture. Don't you see that this is obviously obviously a description, a prescription, excuse me, a prescription of, of, of Mary as, um, as a, a, a pastor, a pa- pastrix? Don't well, you? actually, none of her writings are in the Bible because the women just can't do She might have done it, and we might have liked it, but none of it can get written down because it's just not allowed. Well, what about the Magnificat? Boom. I've 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 got got that was that was filtered that, that, <laughs> that was, was filtered baby. by the gospel writers so uh, it's yeah, okay. okay it's okay yeah. if they were just repeating it so so you're saying that the, in this patriarchal system right. men just men just co-opt the words of, of faithful women preachers and present them as their as their own uh, Saint Luke. Uh, stole Mary's Magnificat and presented it as though he himself had written it. Oh, and had Absolutely, well. and that's part of the appropriating, uh, colonizing culture of the Catholic Church. <laughs> clearly, yeah. See, it's all it's all about the Roman Catholic Church trying to keep women down. Isn't this right? So, oh, well, he left. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> yeah. See, see, this is what happens when you when you call out misogynist left. bigots. Is they flee into? Oh, he wants to come back. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, you can come up. All right. What do you got to say? Oh, no. Your mic is either too quiet or not working. Try it again. No, nah, I'm getting nothing. Be better, Sola. Mm. Anyways, where was the it? Oh, the Roman Catholic Church and its lies. Um, <laughs> no, um, this is this is this is very silly. And as much as I as much as I enjoy joking about uh, popery, this is absolutely. I mean, the Roman Catholic for, forbidding of of women pastors is absolutely absolutely biblical and correct. This is not a counterexample of Mary or the other Marys being pastors or priests or you know or or female deacons. I'm not going to say deaconess because that that means generally something else. But you know the the, the biblical prescription for elder or pres, presbyter or deacon, but just the female version. That's not. What's going on here? Switching the sword for the cross? I don't... <sighs> I don't know where they're coming from for that. I, I don't yeah. know where, what exactly they're uh, referencing, except maybe... Maybe uh, Peter? Jesus once said that he brings not peace for a sword, and on Good Friday, Jesus was killed. 
and then he came back, but he didn't come back carrying a sword. At least I don't remember that. In well, the, the idea, text. I mean, yeah, so I guess the sword I, I, must have been lost at some point in there. Uh, no, the sword was picked up by Peter, who who now holds two swords. Um, yeah, the I don't know. Like, if if I wanted to be charitable and read this in the correct direction, I would I would contrast I would contrast the sword of Peter to the cross of Christ. Um, I would contrast the sword of Peter to the cross of Christ and say, you know, Peter was trying to resolve situations through violence, and 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 Christ resolved the situation through violence to himself. Now, I don't, I don't think that that's what this is saying, though. Like, this is just so. I, I know that it's wrong, but I'm not sure it's so wrong that I, I don't even understand what he's mis misrepresenting here. Switching the sword. I think for the Nate's cross. onto something here. The Messiah was supposed to bear the sword against the Roman Empire, so in a way. Uh, Easter is switching out the sword for the cross because there was no great, uh, well, there was yeah. a rebellion against the Roman Empire. It, Jesus just wasn't involved, and it went very, very poorly. Um, yeah, and I mean, this was a contrast that Jesus yeah. didn't come as kind of an earthly ruler on the, on the war horse. But that does that does come later. This isn't to say so. If Easter is about switching the sword for the cross, then I would say that the last day is the return of the is the return of the sword because you know he comes with the sword coming out of his mouth and and tattoos on his thigh and all this. Uh, what about the next one? Easter is about rejecting the ways of the uh, of empire, not the empire. Sorry, I thought it was a Star Wars reference. Uh, Easter is about rejecting the ways of empire and rising up for the oppressed. So this is actually right if you interpret the empire as uh, the empire of the devil over the world and the rising up of the oppressed being those stuck in sin now being given grace and not under the thumb of sin anymore. So uh, this guy just sounds like a top tier theologian to me. He's just speaking way over our heads. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the problem is that when I when I read this, I thought it was a stupid tweet. And then the more I read it, the more I realize that he's just absolutely right. All right. Let's see. Uh, Easter is about praise for the humble and power for the lowly. I think that's I mean, it's kind of Kind of the same paradise for the humble and power paradise for the, for the yeah paradise for the humble yeah. and power for the lowly. I mean, yeah, not, there's... it's not incorrect. I just question the in intentions and the uh, use of the word power is always. I power is one of those words, you know, that 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 that, that, that catches your attention, especially from sources like these atheist memes or, or really the more You're like the speak truth to power. How do but I be charitable? Just, How about yeah. I say the spiritual but not religious memes? <laughs> Whenever they talk about power, you can see where they're you can see that the intention isn't necessarily uh their focus isn't salvation. Their focus isn't actually uh running toward paradise in heaven, but it's about switching a power dynamic. It's it's obsessive with switching the power dynamic, so they want to bring power to the lowly. I don't know if that's what this tweeter is, is talking about here, but power is just one of those words that always catches my eye with suspicion on how it's used and what the intentions are. Yeah, I think about it like the... Uh, like the concept of organized religion, like the, like the phrase, when somebody uses the phrase organized religion, they're almost exclusively meaning, well, I, you know, these people are wrong because they've all banded together in agreement with one another. And they're, you know, they're, they're pushing their wrongness down on us. Whereas we individuals understand the truth, but we have to, it's kind of like the me and my Bible approach. Like we, we have to reject any sort of attempt to organize the religion because it's all such a personal relationship with god type thing it just and like ones to say that yeah. generally aren't even going to church at all because that's part of the organized religion well, yeah and they usually dispense <laughs> with their bible as well they'll go out into nature and say i experience god in nature so every sunday i go on a hike through the woods that's great where are you hearing god <laughs> so the joe rogan approach i experience god every time i take dmt um all right yeah easter is hope is hope for all 
Ooh. Okay. So here's one for you. What is the least charitable way that you can interpret that sentence? Easter is hope for for all. The most cynical way you could you could the respond most cynical to that way. because it's obvious the most um, charitable way to respond. The uh, the most cynical way to respond is to assume that this person is coming from a universalist background or <laughs> uh, call him a Sadducee. There's not actually any afterlife. So what they're actually saying Easter is it, right. it, it's hope for all in getting rid of the power structures. And creating a, I don't know, lower class utopia. We can go a Marxist approach to it. Oh, there we this. go. Yeah, so um, there, there's yeah. hope just yeah. in that the uh, the Roman Empire was was overthrown and and people came out from under the oppression of of the organization of the soldiers. That there's hope for the individual that you will all rise up collectively. And yeah, that sounds like communist nonsense. To the me. most cynical way to interpret this is to interpret all the same way that uh, Calvinists interpret all, which it doesn't mean all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah for for god so loved part, some of the world um <laughs> what was that uh um easter is hope for all the people that i like <laughs> yeah okay so i mean what i would say is okay so so the positive way easter is hope for all yes you know the, the resurrection of christ is hope that all can attain eternal life uh because christ died for all the flip side to that i, I would say if i was approaching this cynically is is that it's assuming it's universalist easter's hope for all well it's not really hope for those who are damned doesn't do them any good. Um, it, it would have if they didn't cling stubbornly to their kind of problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, har- <laughs> the harrowing of hell. That was all. That was you know that's yeah. part of it. All right, here's another one. Uh, I want to I want to post this in here. Oh man, we lost one of our Roman Catholics. He's not here anymore. He's gonna love this. All right, here's here's one. You can read this one. Catholics believe grape juice identifies <laughs> as blood. They don't see it as metaphor. They see it as literally blood. It's called transubstantiation. <laughs> If grapes can be blood, why can't Caitlin be brave and beautiful? You either believe in nonsense or you don't. Uh, well, I updated my indulgence descri- uh, subscription. Can you hear me now? Oh, uh, yeah, I hear you now. The most Welcome. charitable way yeah. to interpret this is yeah. going to be that I was, they I was behind a, making my a joke and not a deep point. But I'm going to be honest, I can't quite tell if it's a joke or if it's meant to actually be deep. I genuinely can't tell. I Yeah, I'm I'm a coin yes. flip on this one. What do you think? Okay, so we've got our we've got our one of our token Roman Catholics here uh, with us. So Roman Catholic, is it true that you believe in trans grape juice? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean this so person. You know, obviously, there's uh, uh, what you can you can say. This analogy is perfect in every way. There's absolutely no um, no equivocation or or so bad comparison. It's clear that the person who wrote this tweet, if they're not making a joke and they're taking it totally seriously has no idea about uh, etymology or linguistics yeah. to understand. Oh, uh, oh, Alex, can you hear Solo right now? Or is no, he... I can't. I assumed he wasn't talking. I don't think he's connected. No, he is. He's talking now. I hear him. He is? Yeah. Yeah. Talking so get out of here and, co- and come back in, Alabast, and you can hear him. Oh. Yeah, you were totally talking over him. I was. I'm was so sorry. I, very I could Lutheran not hear him of you, <laughs> shouting out the. So so yeah. Uh, uh, exit Discord and come back in, and uh, and I'll. I, I would, yeah, like I said, I I was behind in my indulgence payments, um, and so my <laughs> my privileges were revoked. But I'm it's all good now. Um, I think the more interesting thing is: does this person is this person for or against transgender identification? Because he says you either believe in nonsense or you don't. So Ooh, that's is he saying one. that transgender identification is nonsense? Because oh, um. Yeah, Alabas, I don't know what your what your deal is. Why you can't hear him? Are you speaking now? 
I'm not. I was being okay. quiet because I could I could hear you react and assumed he was, but I, I can't hear him at all. <laughs> you you got to actually close Discord out entirely and, and open it back up oh, again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I give okay. that a shot. Yeah. Yeah, now that you point that out, I mean, it's either it's either a hilarious cell phone or it's, I mean, yeah, it, 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 I, I cannot judge the stupidity of people whether whether their stupidity is sincerity or not. Sometimes, sometimes sarcasm is is just so effective that it's indistinguishable from uh indistinguishable from sincerity uh maybe like but yeah the, I, I don't know if this is i'm obviously he intends a comparison legitimately to some extent i don't know what his broad point is but this is just such a if he means this seriously to any extent it's incredibly stupid <laughs> it's like i don't know no, grape juice does not identify as blood. It quite literally is physically, substantially blood. It It's like saying that Caitlyn Jenner, well, no, he was a man. He really was a man named Bruce. Right. And then God reached down and substantially transformed him to actually be a woman. And his substance is Caitlyn, but his accidents are, are Bruce. But now he has also transaccidentated himself into Caitlyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm transaccidented. That's that, that's what I am. Uh, Sola, if you wouldn't if you wouldn't mind if you could actually close down Discord entirely and, and rejoin. Uh, I don't think anybody else is hearing you, but me. Yeah. So so, so Sola's uh he's he's kind of examining this along the perspective of you know trying to take it somewhat seriously in, in, in the sense of like how how would this comparison actually work uh, in the sense of uh, the Roman Catholic understanding of the eucharist is transubstantiation is a miraculous event in which the the substance of the bread and the wine are converted to the body and blood while the the form remains the same now is is the argument that um that this is what happened with bruce slash caitlin jenner is that god reached down from heaven and miraculously uh transformed transformed the substance but not not the form um yeah i <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to probably move past this meme because the more, the more times certain words are mentioned on a podcast, the more likely it is that they're going to be caught up and, uh, and, um, policed. <laughs> Joy points out that, uh, that in this belief that we're talking about that I'm not going to name by name, uh, is where you attempt to change the form slash accidents, but you can never change change the substance so if you want to take an aristotelian metaphysics approach to it i mean um you're not the going to get what you is want the substance is already one thing and the form doesn't match the substance that's already there the right. claim has never been that they're trying to change the substance it's that the it's that the outer doesn't match the inner so they want to change the outer to match what the inner already is so i don't i don't i don't think the form accidents argument necessarily works here at least not in an apologetics kind of way or in a discussion debating uh the people who support that stuff because yeah, uh, they, would... they, they 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 just don't believe that you're arguing about what the substance is without a way to prove it one way or the other to each other yeah i i mean i would I would just avoid that. It, 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 when the conversation comes up, I just, it's better off not even getting into that because it's, it's going to be confusing and they're not going to probably agree with the premise to begin with. So there's no point in debating on a premise that no, that there's no agreement on. All right. Here is the, here's the next one. I'll read this one. Um, this person tweets, I'm not a Christian, but I can read. And as far as I can tell, Jesus was supposed to be the most woke guy who ever lived 
and to be anti-woke is the most unchristian thing imaginable. <laughs> um, I am actually, uh, I believe in wokeness after death. Um, <laughs> death you sleep. Okay, you yeah, okay, again. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I get yeah. it. All right, let, let me try to invite uh, Sola again and give this a shot. And if not, then I'll cut out this segment where I invite him. Uh, Don't mess it up this time. Yeah, as, yeah as, as much as I enjoy Sola's contribution, if, if Alabas can't hear, it's, it won't really work well on the recording. So I've invited him. All right, try saying something. Can you both hear me now? Oh, lovely. Thank you for uh, providing me with your gorgeous voice. Oh, good. You're welcome. And you can thank the Pope, too. I, 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 I always I always thank the Pope. Uh, I thank the Pope regularly um, because without you him we would still be speaking we would still be speaking Latin, and thankfully he's graced us with Novus Ordo, so we can all appreciate the contemporary aspects of the Roman Mass. So when David says he can <laughs> read, does he mean that he can read um, online blog articles? What's and... this? Yeah, that's that's the question there. He says, "I'm not a Christian, but I can read." Like, what? What are you? What are you reading? What is what? you know? Citation, please. Did yeah, you I would love to know what he sees in the Gospels that is necessarily woke. I, I want to see the the scripture verse because I'm sure there's a billion and one articles that might pull something from scripture. But I wonder if David can. Well, you um, know, Jesus defended the woman caught in adultery, and he ate with with irs officials and prostitutes which tells us i would eat with an irs official yeah what if you uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna finish that joke um (laughs) uh because yeah um but yeah yeah so he ate with irs officials and, and prostitutes which means obviously two things one he supports sex work and two he supports big government because nobody knows you know big government more than uh more than tax officials and uh tax collectors he was both pro big government and a revolutionary anti-empire uh oh what's that one say a refugee of some sort all the different titles that yeah he's a he's a big government refugee he believes in a Mm -hmm. social welfare system by caesar give give to caesar what is caesar's because caesar will provide for all so give all to caesar uh, and we will also crush Caesar. <laughs> yes, and also crush Caesar. Take rid of the empire. <laughs> if wokeness is social consciousness, then I don't see anything that woke in the Gospels because Christ mostly doesn't care about society. And he, he just, whenever the Jews complain, he just tells them, shut up and pay your taxes. I, I, like, there's the part where he calls Herod a fox and he ridicules the clergy. Uh but so that's I don't how think... I'm going to respond to people now, though, is shut up and pay your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Thus but, saith the thus... Lord. But, you know, I, yeah. the thing is, though, about the, with the clergy, he says, you you shut, you know, he says, uh, you, you make someone a convert, and he becomes twice as much a child of hell as you, yeah. and you shut the, the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. Oh, I don't know. Also, he's telling the, the uh, Jewish religious leaders that, they're going to be guilty of all the blood spilled from the beginning of the world. Uh, you know, a bit anti-Semitic there, Jesus. But, is, that, um, is that John? That sounds like John to me. Matthew. Matthew, Matthew really? Matthew must have been cribbing from uh, from the same document that John wrote from. But, <laughs> I, like, I, I, like it's, we all know what he means. We just also know that he's an idiot. <laughs> like, what, Jesus? This guy has clearly, 
no, he's referring to the listeners. Yeah. He's referring to to the guy who wrote the tweet. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like he's obviously never read the gospels except for Judge Not. Like everything else was scratched you, out. You know what this, on the You know what this sounds like to me? This whole I'm not a Christian, but I can read, and as far as I can tell, dot dot dot. This sounds like I'm not a Christian, but I had a, a Roman Catholic education growing up, which means I went to Sunday school one time. Uh, that's that's what this sounds like to me. Like, I'm not a Christian, but I'm an expert in Roman Catholicism because I happened to go to a Sunday school when my parents dragged me to Mass when I was six. And I hated it. It was traumatizing. Get over yourself. <laughs> is it, like, is it woke for Jesus? Uh-oh, your audio cut out for me. It's gone for me too. His indulgence tax we right now. Stuck at is it woke for Jesus? Is That's it woke it. for Jesus? Dot dot dot. That's a very tough question, actually. Is it woke for Jesus? Um, my answer is uh, the same as the beginning of this segment. Actually, yes, it is woke for Jesus. He did awoke again. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes. We can hear you now. Is it okay, woke for yeah. Jesus? I'm, what? That one was just a mic issue. Um, like, is it woke for Jesus to tell people to cut off their hands to avoid going to hell? Like, you know, the, they, or when it he says anti-ableist or anti-ableist, or when he says, you know, that the, the he, he's criticizing the Pharisees and he says uh, Moses commanded you that if anyone curses father or mother, he should be put to death. Hmm, is that woke? <laughs> Cursing your parents and now has the death penalty according to jesus is, is that woke because huh well i think when he said when he said parents what he actually meant was lawmakers and public school teachers uh, he actually meant minority m- minority individuals you know oh geez okay we're gonna go down that path uh, actually so on this <laughs> this is what happens i invite you onto the podcast and, and you get me banned i guarantee it this this podcast is not going to last 20 episodes we're going to be a very solar thing to do down. yeah he's just going to start screaming words it'll get me flagged hey, all right but no here here, here we go I, I do appreciate your your input unironically but here we go so here's one for you to read out new meme Everyone's a biblical literalist until Jesus says, with no irony, that sex workers are more accurate an image of the kingdom of God than obscenely <laughs> rich people will ever be. Uh, Do you have any idea I'm what verse he's referring to? So, well, I know exactly what he's referring to. Now, this but, is uh, th- this guy's tag is crazy at crazy pastor, and at least half of that I can agree with. I kind of like his username, though. Jason, first of his name. That's I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, I mean, he does, like, chop off the context of Jesus' statement, which is that those people were repenting of their sins. But, like, uh, also, no, I'm not a biblical literalist, and I still think prostitution is an abomination, so... <laughs> well, I, it's such a stupid phrase, biblical literal, literalist, because, I mean... <laughs> So, okay, so somebody asked you the question, what, do you take the Bible literally? Well, yeah, there are some parts that are meant to be taken literally, but that's not the context of everything that's that's, that's written. So if you take a parable, for example, the parable is not meant to be taken literally. The parable is meant to parabolically explain explain a concept, now, and it's meant to actually hide the truth from unbelievers and explain the truth to believers uh, according to how Jesus explains, you know, this is why I, I speak in parables. But a biblical literalist says no irony. 
that sex workers are a more accurate image of the kingdom of God. I, I don't recall any verse where he says the kingdom no. of God is like a prostitute. Well, it, it, he says the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven before the Pharisees, which, well, yeah, they misquote the verse. But um, again, the context of that is he's saying in both cases, both the, the prostitutes and the rich people, he's not saying what is or is not a sin. He's saying a prostitute or a tax collector is in a position that he is more likely to come to repentance than someone who has a lot of money. Because someone with a lot of money does not see, has no reason to seek God. He's comfortable. Someone who is a prostitute or a social outcast is more likely to realize his own and seek God. Unlike the, unlike the Pharisees, who were the clergy of the time, who were so caught up with their own power uh, and their own self-righteousness that they did not want to seek repentance. That's why he says, I can't, the, the physician, uh, sorry, <clears throat> the, the health they do not need a physician, but the sick do. Right. He did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. But, you know, the key word there is sinners. They are still sinners who are called to repentance. Now, it's, it's what this statement kind of reminds me of is, you know, it's talking about obscenely rich people. And um, it, it sounds like it sounds like the paraphrase that people often use, that money is the root of all evil. Um, and. I'm sure that both of you know exactly what's wrong with that that quote, but people hear it enough that they think, oh, well, that's, I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible. Um, the Bible never says money is the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, in, in the case of obscenely rich people, um, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that being wealthy or wealth itself is is sinful, is sinful to, to either have wealth or even to necessarily desire wealth. Now, to love anything more than God is is sin. Um, obviously, I mean, this is a, this is a breaking the first commandment. You know, you should have no other gods before me. And if money is your god, mammon, the love of money, then you're making that your god, and that's 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 a sin. But merely having a lot of money is not in and of itself sinful. And in fact, money is talked about positively throughout Scripture. Money is a gift from God that one we should be thankful for, grateful for, but two we should also use for the purposes of, of you know, that, that God intended to love God and to love our neighbors. If you are given a lot of money, the, the consequence of that is not that you should burn all the money, but the consequences of that is that, it, that you are now obligated to use that money. You are obligated not to bury the money, but to say, okay, you know, use it for charity, use it for supporting the church, use it for paying your workers well, use it for, you know, there's a, there's a million different things that you can use money for um, in a good way. And God gives you money in the same way that he gives you talents and, and capacity to do things um, as, as, a, as a gift to use. So this idea that, you know, the obscenely rich people will never enter the kingdom of God. The, when Jesus talks about the rich person being unable to enter the, the, the kingdom of God, the idea is, is not that it's sinful to be rich and that the rich are guilty of the unforgivable sin, but the, the, the idea is that um, you can't take it with you. You can't enter into heaven carrying all your wealth with you. So rather than keeping it in storehouses and saying, now I can retire and, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be healthy and wealthy forever. The idea is that if God gives you gifts to use them, but know that all of it's going to remain in the earth and get eaten by moth and rust. Uh, and, and you're not going to get to take any of it with you, contrary to the, I guess, the Egyptian idea of burying the, per the people with it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah, heck, I forgot the point I was about to make. <laughs> You distracted me with your smooth speech. <laughs> yes, I do that.
Oh, yeah, I remember. You, so those women that they like to point out taught the apostles. Do they remember the part where it says that they supported them out of their substance, meaning that they had wealth? Who was like, who, who was the purple dye maker? Who was that? That were not Deborah. They, uh, that was yeah. later in the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, Lydia. Dorcas? Lydia. It was one of the women Paul met in his travels, but the the women in in the Jewish women who supported Jesus and the apostles must have had a, a decent amount of money to support these people traveling, you know, uh, long distances, uh, sometimes to the point of running out of food because they were feeding thousands of people. Um, they must have had a substantial amount of money to, to do that. They were wealthy. And also Jesus speaks very highly of Abraham, who was a very wealthy man who had a child with his slave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you think about you think about the people in the Bible who God blesses and makes wealthy. Um, even those things that they, that they do in sin, it's it's not connected to their wealth. Solomon is made obscenely wealthy by by God. I mean, he's you know he asks for a discerning heart, and God blesses him with not just a discerning heart, but also with wealth and and, all, and power and all kinds of wisdom and and other stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, Solomon uses it to go and and, and build the temple. But it isn't sinful that Solomon is wealthy, and he is probably the wealthiest person in in the Bible, possibly in in history. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't want to adjust for inflation or anything like that, but the but the idea of how much how much stuff Solomon had was just un, unthinkable. David was wealthy as well. Uh, Moses and the Israelites gathered tons of gold from uh, from from the uh, from the Egyptians. That was part of the thing. Is that, is that God actually uh, made it so the Egyptians gave gold and, and jewelry and stuff over to the Israelites? Um, Lot, I believe Lot was extremely wealthy. Abraham was wealthy, exceptionally wealthy. Lot was exceptionally wealthy. Job was was quite wealthy. Then he lost, uh, he lost a lot of it, and it was given back to him in double. So, if the idea is that being obscenely wealthy is sinful, then God is causing people to sin by intentionally making them wealthy. It's just, it's, it's. I mean, it's absurd. So, whoever this at crazy pastor guy is, he needs to get a get a refund on his seminary degree, which I know he didn't get. <laughs> Also, um, you know, because the, the quote that he's misquoting is when he says the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven. Note he says tax collectors too, though, as in people who cheat other people out of their money, they also enter the kingdom of heaven with the prostitutes. But so what else does Jesus say about the kingdom of heaven and, and how these outcasts come into it? He says they will eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three of the wealthiest men in the Bible. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to... If you want to hold this religion, you just have to basically ignore everything that the Bible actually says. This is the problem when you've got tweets like this: is um, that they don't. Even when they're trying to, they're trying to paraphrase scripture. You'll notice that they very rarely, uh, if ever, quote it. And when they do quote it, it's only it's only out of context. It's only a fragment of what is, what's entirely said. And the reason is because obviously this stuff goes contrary to God's word. So I'm going to move on to the next the next meme. All right. Alabas, have we lost you or are you still around? We've got a new I'm email. still here. Okay. Yep. Uh, why don't you read this one from Atheist Girl? If you worship a god who sacrificed his grown son to fix a problem he created, you're part of a death cult. If you pretend to eat and drink your dead savior, you are part of a death cult. If you only get rewarded for your loyalty after you die, you are part of a death cult. Amen. Thanks be to God. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't do any of those things, but I am part of a death cult, so. It's just unreal. Yeah, I mean, Marine Corps is definitely a death cult. I was part of that as well. Oh, I'm actually part of multiple death cults. It's kind of, it's just a thing, I guess. I'm I mean, a wage slave. Kind you're of wa- cult. <laughs> yeah, wage slavery is, is is death cult. This is this is idiotic on, on so so many levels. I mean, on one hand, um, you guys and I do wear. I mean, I don't know if you guys do. I do pro- for professional reasons. Wear a symbol of death around my neck. In fact, I, I, dead guy in a stick. You know, immortalized in carbonite uh, around my neck. Uh, my house is decorated with with death machines like guillotines and, and, and nooses, but really just crosses. Uh, there is, there is, if I want to be as charitable as possible, which is always fun to do with the least charitable tweets, is I'll say, okay, well, cult is short for culture. Uh, in other languages, you would refer to Christianity as, as, as cool. Like in, uh, in, in Spanish, you would refer to it as, as culto, the culto cristiano, the cult of Christianity. It's a, it's a culture. It, it's not just, um, a social group it's it's a you know it's a integral part of life so okay and then the, there is there is a heavy uh reliance on death now christianity is a death cult i would say christianity is a life cult more more than anything else because the the end the end of all these things is not death the end of all of of, uh, of death itself even is 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 life you know, the last thing that happens is not the death of christ on the cross it's it's you know the the, the tomb on easter morning uh, even even on the last day people are raised from the dead it's not that they stay stay dead so yeah i mean i don't it's really hard to read this one charitably um Um, although within the catholic church we do use the word cult like we use that and it's a technical term and it refers to the uh basically devotion to something not just god just any sort of devotion um you know the saints have their cults so you could say that there's the cult of well, there's the cult of God. That's religion. Right. And so, right. like, we speak of the temple cult. And you could break that down if you wanted to, to say the cult of the sacred heart, the cult of the cross, and so on. Um, so, yeah, we worship Christ's death. You know, we, we, there's a, a song we sing, we worship thy passion, O Christ. And then it concludes, of course, show us also thy glorious resurrection. But it does, it is true, we worship death, in the not death in general, but the death of Christ specifically, and we want to partake of his death. But all of the things they accuse us of, though, to come to that true conclusion, are false. Uh, <laughs> God did not create sin. Uh, he, we do not pretend to eat a dead man. We actually eat a risen man. And we do not only get rewarded after we die, because to follow God is its own reward. In a, in a, uh, we only get fully rewarded after we die. And even then, we get brought back to life. Yeah, yeah. Death is not permanent. That's kind of an important part of the thing. Yeah, the uh, the whole concept. Yeah, resurrection is kind of an integral part of Christ- Christianity. I mean, uh, there is no if, Christianity if, without resurrection, but well, they always like to leave that part out. Yeah, if the, if the dead are not raised from the dead, uh, then I mean, if this is it's it's the concept of this is the only life that we have, um, and, and there's no life after death, then we may as well eat eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. So why would I care about what happens after death? And that that would be what a death cult, in in the sense that 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 she means it. Uh, like a like a you know Haley's comet is flying overhead and we have to kill ourselves to to get on board of Haley's comet. Like the concept of a of that that sounds that's it's more of a description of Gnosticism, I would think, than than Christianity. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I, I blame the Gnostics I, I blame for the... most things, but this is this seems to fit quite well. 
Yeah, I mean, atheists tend to be actual death cultists, not intrinsically, but in our current context, you know, the euthanasia and abortion and all the suicide and so on, that's very Gnostic death culty stuff. Uh, well, that, that's absolutely true. I mean, contrast that with the concept of Christianity, which opposes euthanasia and abortion. For those for those atheists and for those societies, um, a lot of them they, they see euthanasia and they see abortion as 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 virtuous, as almost sacramental. Uh, this concept of if you are suffering, the higher thing to attain is death. It, death is something to be worshipped and sought after. Death is is the solution to suffering. Uh, not prayer, not trust in the future, not anything like that. But but if you are suffering, I mean, think you think of ca- Canadians. Um, they're they're suffering, you know, all, all the time. So much so that they that their government is trying to is trying to get them all to die. Uh, or if a child, an unborn child, is going to cause you hardship, then death is the answer. Now that seems like a death. Cult. That seems like the worship of death as as the thing to attain to for yourself and others and the solution to all of your problems, your, your death or the death of loved ones. And this is going to be very uncharitable, but I notice he says he sacrificed his grown son. Is he saying it would have been better if he sacrificed his infant son or like, why did he specify grown? How does that? I think you're getting toward uh, the idea of, um, Oh, I lost the word right as I started speaking. Um, the overstepping of, of 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 power. A grown person should have control over their own choices. So obviously, sacrificing a grown son is far worse than sacrificing a child. No, parents should have authority <laughs> over the child. Which well, is, the, the no. child is just a... something straight out they wouldn't agree with. But that seems to be where they're coming from by including grown. Yeah. Okay. There. Try. 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 Autonomy. Changing... That's the word I was going autonomy, for. Yeah. It's it's violating someone else's autonomy to do that, which they only uh, achieve. Yeah, they only... At a certain age, of course. Try it. So read that sentence again, but substitute instead of instead of grown, substitute uh, unborn for grown, and see why they wouldn't say that. It says if you worship a god who sacrificed his unborn son to fix a problem he created, they would not they would not see that as a problem at all. This is part of this is what you were saying. The part of the death cult thing. That's what abortion is. It's the sacrifice of your unborn children. Uh, so there's no the reason I think that that this person specifies a grown son is because to them sacrificing a grown person is abhorrent. Sacrificing a child, on the other hand, is is virtuous. Yeah, and even setting aside the Trinitarian element, that their one will, uh, Christ expressly says, uh, "No one takes my life from me. I lay it down and take it up again of my own accord." Like. God didn't kill Jesus. He handed him over, but it was a mutual agreement to, for Christ to be handed over, even ignoring the consubstantiality. Like, Christ is the one who laid down his life for the sheep. I don't know why—well, I say I don't know why. I, I might know why, because it's a very evangelical Calvinist sort of thing to emphasize God pouring out his wrath on his son, but— um, but like this emphasis on God killed Christ, it's Christ chose to die. He says it over and over again. He is the one who lays down his life. So, yeah. You know, well, like, I mean, this he says that. Yeah, that's that was a, our text for last Sunday was in the um, uh, the Good Shepherd. Um, oh, there's somebody's messaging me that I forgot to mute. <laughs> 
go figure. Yeah, so this this last Sunday we had we had passages talking about the good shepherd, you know, and the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his for for his flock. This this concept that this is an intentionally th- a thing intentionally done by Jesus. He knew what he was getting into. But I also think about the verse in the verses where it's talking about him in the uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying to God, uh, his Father, and he, and, he, and he says, "If if it be possible that I that I be spared from this, you know, from this cup of wrath, then please do it. But not my will, but Your will be done." So Jesus is not. It's not that Jesus is running away, and God the Father is chasing him down and and um, and, and nailing him to the cross. You think about think about Abraham and Isaac. Um, the binding of Isaac, not the sacrifice of Isaac, but the, but the almost sacrifice of Isaac is that, that Abraham was an old man at this time. Isaac could have run away or overpowered him easily, but Isaac willingly trusts in the father and goes forward with, with the binding and presumably the, the, the sacrifice until God stays his hand. Um, it's, yeah, such, such obedience to parents is, is I think, is an alien concept to these. Um, so I'm going to post the last meme. I'm not sure how many, how many hours we are at here, but let's, here's the last one. It's kind of, they're all kind of somewhat related, but this is the last of my collection. My meme well runneth dry. So, uh, this dude on the Twitter, I guess Twitter or Facebook, it looks like, yeah, he writes this. Yeah. God breaks both my kneecaps with a bat. Me. Why did you do that? God, because I love you. Me, that doesn't make any sense. God, I work in mysterious ways. Now run this marathon. Me, I literally can't. God, too bad. You will now suffer for all eternity. Me, why, God, because I love you. Would you say that's an accurate portrayal of uh, of the Christian Christian walk, faith, repentance, and uh, forgiveness? Calvinism. Calvinism, yeah. Yeah, let's pick on the Calvinism. It's a very creative straw man is what it is. Uh, with the only reaction I have to those sorts of things is, all right, give me an actual situation. Like, sure, what you have written sounds bad, but please, please give me an example of an actual situation that matches what you've said. Give give me an actual thing that could happen. <laughs> it's a challenge to both of you guys, too, if you want to think about it more, but that's, that's pretty much my reaction to that. I can't think of anything that matches that. So I'm, I'm probably thinking of this too, too philosophically. But what, so what I see it as is, is God. I think what I would think he was getting at is God sentences man to concupiscence, the law of death, or whatever, right? The sin nature that we inherit from Adam that is, in some sense, imposed on us by God uh, as punishment for the original sin. And then because of that, um, we sin and we are sentenced to hell for eternity. You know what? What's missing from from this? utterly insightful philosophical treaties that this Jomon has has composed on Facebook or whatever it is, um, is the gospel where he says, <laughs> yes, your kneecaps are broken, but I will heal them. And, and he'll do it for free, too. It's not that, yeah. It's, I don't know, I mean, the reason that he has to rely so heavily on on this analogy is because if he actually used the the language of scripture, then it, it, it would fall apart. In this sense, God is being blamed for for sin. Now, again, I don't, I wouldn't say that that's Calvinist, but there's we had some some ultra determinist whatever I don't know. We had him on, on the server for a while, who basically said that God intentionally instituted sin. He desired that they sin in the Garden of Eden so that he could then show his 
show us mercy. And, and as Christians, we would disagree with that concept. The, the idea is that, that sin is a disobedience to God. God did not institute disobedience to himself. Um, but unfortunately, the consequence of disobedience to God is this culture of sin. There's concupiscence, original sin, active sin. All of these things are a result of disobedience to God. So because someone played stupid games, we all get to win stupid prizes together. But the gospel is that even though we all deserve death, we all deserve to fail to run this marathon because our kneecaps are broken. We break our own kneecaps, by the way. Um, God carries us through the whole marathon ourselves. Uh, So it's, yeah. The only way that you can have this argument is if you actually avoid Scripture and just stick to analogies that you've made up. Again, not quoting Scripture. They paraphrase Scripture or they try to use a create a uh, so an analogy of Scripture, some way to 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 propose it to be absurd. And then you have to you have to solve you have to solve this invented straw man that they've created uh, rather than just dealing with Scripture. A better a better tactic, I would say, if you want to argue with Christians, is you pull up Scripture in the context, in the meaning that it has, and say. Why? So you could you could pull up and say, why did God allow Satan to be in the Garden of Eden? Why did God create Satan if He knew that He would sin? Why did God create Adam and Eve and put the tree in the Garden of Garden of Eden? Those would be much more much more honest questions, much more fruitful questions. Although the answer to some of them might be, God never revealed that to us, or this is what we believe, but again, it's not explicitly stated. And that's yeah, and that, that was less satisfying than than a zinger analogy. Yeah, but also I know there's this weird non sequitur. It's uh, I work in mysterious ways. Now run this marathon. I can't, and because I can't run the marathon, I will now suffer for all eternity. Well, no, those things are not connected. There's no connection between being physically unable to run a marathon and suffering for all eternity, unless you mean that the person wanted to run the marathon and couldn't, and now he's sad. <laughs> but that's self-imposed pain, not. Well, uh, well, it's because they don't—they don't they, don't they see hell as God is angry at you because you didn't do what He wanted, and now He's going to like torment you, which is how immature people see it. But of course, if you're mature, you understand that it's necessary because if you separate—if you reject God, then the only alternative—if you are existing in an eternal conscious state and you are not with God—you are going to suffer, and. Um, like the nature of sin isn't just God decided you should run a marathon. It's there are things that you need to do to achieve fulfillment with God. And when you don't do them, the, the punishment attached to them is just, it's, um, inherent to the very nature of what you're doing. Well, yeah, the, uh, the, the state of an unbeliever is, is somebody who is an enemy of God, uh, who, who is in enmity with God currently. The idea that God would take somebody who is an enemy of his and place the enemy in his kingdom to be ruled by, to be ruled by him, uh, would, would to a degree be torment. Now, obviously, to be ruled by a benevolent ruler that you hate is much better, I mean, to endure than to suffer eternally. But, you know, the unbelievers, the, the consequences of their unbelief is, is that they want to be an enemy of God. And the consequences of, the, of being an enemy of God is you get to suffer along with all the other enemies of God and the fire prepared for them. Um, it's, it's not like, you know, I really wish I could love God, but, you know, he made it impossible for me to love him. Therefore, it's his fault that I'm, you know, you know the, 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 the consequences of my own actions are, are his fault. But, yeah. But, yeah. 
Also, like the Eastern Orthodox view of um, hell is that you are admitted to God's presence, but because you hate him, it's torment. So like you can look at it either way. Either God does give you what, what should be your joy and you hate him, or he gives you what you wanted, which is separation, and you're tormented. Like, but of course, they won't accept either one because if you're saying things like this, it's because whether you know it or not, you hate God and you just you want you don't want to submit to Him. So you're not going to accept His judgment. And all of this is, um, as Lutheran satire put it, you know, they're not giving you a reason; they're making an excuse. Yeah, there's um, I forget who who talked about it, and I don't hold, I don't hold this position, but I, I don't remember if it was an Eastern Orthodox guy or somebody else. But they talked about um, that there is no, yeah, I don't think it was Eastern Orthodox. There was somebody who was talking about that there is no direct punishment. There's no intentional punishment from God, but God shines like the sun, and the believers are like those plants who are planted on the planted in in, in the soil, and they they thrive in the sun. They love the sun, whereas the unbelievers are those you know, scoops of ice cream that are left on the cement and, and they melt and they suffer as a, as a consequence of being exposed to the sun. Same sun, same glory, uh, but different uh, perceived effect. I don't believe that. I think that there's an intentional punishment aspect and an intentional um, uh, reward or, 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 or blessing aspect. I don't think God is just kind of um, nebulously there and, and people suffer or rejoice based on what they feel. Uh, I think it's it's either gift or punishment being given. All right, so I'm going to wrap right. up this episode. Any final thoughts? I'll go down the line. At first, Alabas, do you have anything la- left to say? The uh, first and foremost, don't get your theology from internet memes, kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't use the internet That's, at all. Why are you even listening to this podcast? Don't use the internet at all. The, the, the internet, internet is nothing but suffering and misinformation. Correct, correct. There's... Every once in a while, just to, yeah, just just don't get your theology from any social media site. Go read a book. Go read the Bible before you touch anything on the internet. These images, uh, uh, or these statements, whatever, because we didn't get any good memes. We had a bunch of text posts. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I got. That's a collection. <laughs> yeah, um, these text posts were some of them were very silly um, and can be deconstructed, but uh, there's more. Insidious. There's more stuff that insidious, more stuff that keeps up the facade a little bit better. So it's it just it just don't even think about it. Honestly, that's been my strategy my whole life. Don't think about what you see in the internet. Go read an actual <laughs> theology book and study from there. <laughs> All right. So Alibus says, "Touch grass, touch scripture." Uh, what about you, Solo? You know, I think that uh, these, I think these airtight arguments full of. Um, the most witty and uh, poignant memes that I've ever seen in my life have utterly destroyed my faith, and I'm now going to go dye my hair blue and, uh, I don't know, burn down a nunnery or something. <laughs> my faith is still going because since they were all text posts, I did not see Christ as the soy jack, and I did not see Richard Dawkins as the Chad, so my faith is secure. Yeah, I've actually yeah, converted I've actually... to Mormonism because I saw Mormon Jesus as mullet, and I decided that that's what I want for my life. Um, so uh, I, you know, I, you're I, absolutely right. Joseph oh. Smith has earned two saints on this day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Christcord, for hosting this uh, last minute. If you want to join a Christian Discord server, discord.gg forward slash Christian, discord.gg forward slash Christian. Uh, God bless you all and take care. <laughs>